0: This is Father Gregory Pine.
1: This is Father Bonamich Chapman.
0: And welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. On this episode of Guest Planning, we are very delighted to be joined by the hosts of the Catholic Man Show. We have here Adam and David. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks yeah. for the invite. Excited to be here.
0: Hmm. On a scale of one to very excited, where would you say you rank at present?
2: I'd say I'm double very excited.
3: I'll go ahead.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. Just mark me down for very
3: excited. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> All right. right. Perfect. All right. I'll I'll trust I'm you going forward.
0: Temperately double very excited. <laughs> okay. So uh, many listeners of God's planning have better tastes in podcasts than is reflected by the fact that they listen to God's Planning. So they they will have probably listened to you. Uh, on the Catholic Man Show, but for those who have not, or who have not yet, who have not transferred their affiliation and their undying love to your podcast, uh, would you say a word of introduction? Who you are, where you're from, what you do, why it matters? Maybe not the last thing. We just we just really don't know.
3: Yeah. Sure. We started the Catholic Man Show in 2016. Uh, we bought a Catholic radio station in 2013, and we realized if we have a radio station, we don't have to ask anybody's permission to have a radio show. So we're like, we're gonna start our own radio show. And then we threw it up as a podcast. And that's kind of the the beginning parts of it. We were just trying to figure out how to live the Catholic faith as young Catholic dads and let's talk about it on air. I really
2: like if I look back on our journey about how we started a podcast, how we were running a Catholic radio station in Tulsa, it like to me I just kind of think like, what happened? How did we how did we get here? Like (laughs) it all kind of happened by accident. And uh like, we didn't mean to do any of this, but you know, like,
3: here we are, I guess we'll keep do it. Here we go. Yeah. We're recording now. So like, with don't stop talking, you know, Dominican fires with God's playing. This is awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I really <laughs> don't know exactly how we got here. But here mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. Uh, I'm the communications director for the Diocese of Tulsa. And I have a wife and uh, four kids and one on the way. I also have a
2: wife uh we just had our fifth um so we're you know we're winning it's, the Minahan niles competition is it's uh you know it's leaning niles just by a little bit not a whole lot it's you know it, it's not in the bag yet but yeah. so far you gotta you so gotta far, do like twins it's a close or qua- competition quadru-
1: yeah quadruplets maybe or something and then you're you're something. way out of that head. would be called called call the mercy rule yeah you know i think
2: about having twins and then i realize that that's probably not a healthy thing for me to think about.
1: <laughs> it's not going to cause it to happen, unfortunately. No, so. no, but it might,
2: it might cause like despair yeah. or, you know, other yeah. sorts of things that would not, you know, like
1: just not healthy. It's not healthy. Twins twins are great though. I have to say I have a twin brother, um, a fraternal twin. Do you? And uh, yeah. And there's something about something about the connection between, uh, between twins uh, that, you know, because, because you can talk to them without a phone, you can just, Send message to them right. through your brain. Right. And that's Telepathically. just that's super it. cool. That's super cool. I knew cool. it. Yeah. Quiet. He's talking. <laughs> I told him not to interrupt me. He's fine.
2: You know what? I'm so glad you said that. I always wanted to be a twin. I always wished I was a twin. Yeah. I just think that would have been amazing to have another yeah. one of me well, I don't
1: running a around. A failure to your parents, I guess. It didn't make you <laughs> a twin. Yeah. Thanks, mom.
0: <laughs> uh, so. When you when you guys made reference to the fact that you're having a competition, trying to have many kids and that you're outpacing each other by, you know, leaps and bounds and, you know, twins and quadruplets. It made me think of the fact that you probably feel that question quite a bit, like whenever people meet you socially and you're together, like, oh, is it a competition? And you're from Tulsa, so you're probably kinder than I am because I'm from the East Coast. But. I don't know. I think part of how I was raised is like, you don't ask people the obvious question because the recognition is that they will have been asked that question a billion times. So like there's, for instance, there's a priest in our province named Father Innocent Smith. And I can't tell you the number of people who have asked him like whether he is in fact innocent to which he has to respond, you know, like, why did you say that? You know, (laughs) (laughs) what do you think? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you've put me in an awkward situation where now I'm angry. Like you've made me (laughs) uninnocent insofar as you, you did this. Um, so I would just like to congratulate you on your long suffering attitude towards the questioning of all those whom you meet. But, uh, yeah. longanimity is a virtue. Yes. Look at that. You guys specialize in that. Other things you specialize in of late is, is living beyond Sunday. Uh, so you wrote a book Mm. published by Ascension. And it's about, what is it about? It's about living on Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday et cetera, yeah. through Saturday. Or is it, of course, is that to be interpreted Friday. more yeah. kind of allegorically or metaphorically? What is the book about?
3: Yeah, so the book is, it, it, we actually started writing uh, a few articles for the Diocesan magazine uh, on how to like live liturgically or how to live your faith, you know, in, in the home. And when we when we finished writing those, we're like, yes, let's put this in an ebook. Like we did something. Like we got we got these articles. you can put an ebook too. And uh, once again, not trying to do anything crazy. Right. All right. Yeah. We're just gonna like, hey, let's put them together. We
2: can put them into one PDF. I know how to copy and paste. Yeah. It's no problem. We'll put it on the
3: internet.
1: Right. PDF and PDF uh, merge we, to my to my rescue. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah.
3: Easy. And so we were we were mentioning that on our on our show, and one of the guys from Ascension heard it and said like Hey, let's let's make it a book." We thought this is awesome. We already have the content. All we got to do is just send it to them, and then they can and make it can, all pretty. We and... can pretend like we're published authors, right? You know, no one will know the difference, right? <laughs> uh, we realized very quickly though that that's not how books are, you know published and so we had to scrap several chapters and rewrite and edit and all that kind of fun stuff so this is a We did have to do a little bit of work yeah um yeah but this is about a a year and a half project or so uh so that's kind of where yeah so the book is about
2: jesus as all good books are (laughs) um and so we just wanted to like make a book i was kind of thinking about writing these articles in the book for myself I don't know, like eight years ago, you know, when I'm just getting married, just getting married, starting a family, how do we build the domestic like, church? What are, what are the things that I have learned over these last eight years um, that were, that have I have realized, oh, these are, re- these are very helpful in the rearing of my children, in the loving of my wife, in the practice of my faith at home, right? Because you, you can't be Catholic just one day out of the week um, unless you want to be lukewarm it's advised strongly against by a number of good references and sources. Biblically speaking. Yeah. yeah. So um, we don't want to do that. Let's be like, let's go all out. I mean, if you if you want to be lukewarm, just at least admit it. Because it, it, there are people out there who th- they want to be lukewarm. And if that's you, hey, just be honest about it. Okay. Don't pretend like you want to be a holy or you want to achieve virtue or anything worth living for in your life. Okay. Because... You won't. And if that's where you're at, you know, let's just start with the honesty about it all. But that's not what we want for ourselves. That's not what we want for our listeners. Um, and so we wrote this book that we think will be helpful for people in living their life in a holy way beyond Sunday.
1: Yeah. I like the lukewarm, you know, honesty. Uh, Dominicans are always big on virtues. Uh, nope. Uh, veritas. Virtues, too. Um, and Honestly saying that you're lukewarm, just admitting to being uh, that, you know, actually, I don't really have high aspirations. I just want to be ordinary or something. I think that is that is the first stage of wisdom is realizing that's what you want and then asking yourself whether you ought to want that sort of thing. Right. And uh, and then being presented with examples of, of holiness that might appear just a little more tepid, I guess, or something. You're just kind of heating up slowly. Uh, such that you can want that too. So I like that. But I, I want to mention or ask you about the second thing is that um, there are actually four authors of this of this book. If people notice, mm. um, and I'm wondering, uh, was this a forced uh, arrangement, uh, kind of a forced <laughs> book authorship marriage, or was there free will involved here, or what did, um, how did the thought process go behind? Hey, we're going to put our wives' names on here too. Or the wives were like, actually, we wrote the whole thing, and we you know, added the stuff. So what, this is a, this is a team effort. There are eight hands to this. Uh, it seems like.
2: Yes. You know what? Um, it really was a team effort and the way that we split it up. Cause once again, this started as we're writing these articles for just the local diocesan and magazine. Um, so we kind of, in the beginning we knew, all right, this is going to be a project on the domestic church. Where should mm-hmm. we start? So we started, you know, just kind of broad and got more specific, you know, broad to specific um, as, as things went on. So, um, we started off talking about the relationship marriage, uh, cause that's the beginning of a domestic church. Um, and so my wife and I wrote the chapter on marriage, and then we talked about motherhood. The, the ladies got together and they wrote the chapter on motherhood. Adam and I wrote the one on fatherhood. And so we divided it up like that as it went along. And, um, that was for practical reasons as well, that it just made it easier to actually do the writing. Mm-hmm. But it also helped get different perspectives, um, which I think really come through as you read the book, uh, mm-hmm. which are very helpful. There were some challenges in having four authors, um, especially when it comes to editing. You know, you're sitting here reading something and it's like, I know I didn't write this paragraph, and I honestly don't even know which of the other three people did. And I wonder if I can change it. Like, are we still gonna be friends if I change this analogy, mm-hmm. you know, that they yeah. have in this book? So um yes, there were four authors. I was very, very uh we were very blessed that our wives were willing to participate because mm-hmm. um they're also very, very busy mm-hmm. um running the household. Busy households. Mm-hmm. Um but I was very glad to have their input um just for the end result of the book.
0: Okay. So on the Catholic Man show you talk often about virtue. It's kind of like one of your jams, as it were. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And as you just described the process of editing, I have come to realize that editing is a concentrated or kind of focused experience of virtue. All right. So you want to live well with other people. You want to encourage them to live well with the Lord and with you. Um, And it's not it's not typically enough or maybe it's too much just to tell them what you think about the situation, because for instance, you read a sentence and your first thought is not how I'd have done it. Okay. Um, and that's not necessarily because there are, you know, typos or grammatical errors or whatever it is, but, but just, you know, like it kind of rings different in your ear. And so you're thinking to yourself, how do I make this better? But maybe there's just a little bit of, how do I make this sound more like me? So as you're taking on a project, There are four of you. Some of you are married to each other. Some of you work with each other. And then some of the arrangements, that is not the case. So you're kind of navigating a bunch of different relationships and you're trying to love people while produce a good product. Any lessons learned or like things from the experience that you especially appreciated?
3: Yeah, for me, me it was like that I give really terrible analogies. And I should just like come to the realization <laughs> I give terrible analogies, and so uh, part of being living the virtuous life is, like we said, recognizing your weaknesses. What, recognizing I where don't you think are. that's
2: true. Now I actually can't think of some analogies that you've given that were that were hilariously bad, funny. Uh, yeah, it's like I'm not sure why.
3: You thought you that was went, a good idea.
2: Like you went to candy again. Yeah, I get a lot of candy analogies. This analogy.
3: <laughs> I do, You're I, not
2: even a big candy person, I know. right? You I think do. if anyone I'd be giving the candy analogies, but so, but for the most part I think you give great analogies. You just have some that have really <laughs> fallen flat. <laughs> that really stand out.
3: I think. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean so <laughs> so I think also it's just a matter of uh you know remembering what the whole what the end product is supposed to be right the the end product is supposed to be a, a combination of, of different voices and different perspectives and to remember that it's not a david niles book it's not an adam Minahan mm-hmm. book uh but it's all four of us together and i think that's what is the unique part about the book is that it gives it does provide those different uh aspects so yeah. keeping that the end in mind is always important
1: now the the dangerous part of course is that adam used the nail his thing was whether i should but I could still be friends if I cut analogies. And then you said, I do bad analogies. But then, unfortunately, <laughs> Adam said, no, I think you do great analogies, which means we're down to 50-50 about who actually makes poor analogies. And unfortunately, they're both your wives. So as long as you don't watch this episode, <laughs> you guys might be able to sleep uh, not on the couch uh, at some point. Um, in any case, uh, let's talk about... <laughs> We will um,
2: not tell them that we were on the show
3: today. Yeah, we will. We, we're not going to let them know.
1: That's probably, and no one's going to know. Um, there's Just no way case. of knowing. It's secret. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone if you're watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Would you disguise uh, our voice? Yeah. yeah and, <laughs> the, and hide our identities. <laughs> I know that mode. kind of like
2: ruins um, the point of having the authors of on a book, but... <laughs> so, Anyways, keep so going, sorry. what i want
1: to ask about is is uh, uh people might when you you give this spiel of course the book living you know more than more than sunday and people think like, oh oh these guys are gonna be crazies these guys are catholic crazy guys i mean they're probably you know have their own holy hours for five hours a day and they're do, you know they they only speak latin at the house with the kids this kind of stuff um so maybe just dis- i don't know maybe that is how you guys live but uh dispel some myths about our- i mean uh, can you live past sunday and be an ordinary guy you know
2: yeah. So first of all, I do embrace the crazy title. I, um, I do think that I'm ordinary, but um, I'm willing to change. You know, I'm willing to not be ordinary if that's what it comes down to. I would love to be only speaking Latin at home with my kids. That would be awesome. Unfortunately, I don't speak Latin. And we are gonna, we're, we do homeschool. We're going to start teaching them Latin. And it's going to be one of those things that I fear that someday they're going to be able to speak Latin to each other. And I won't know it. And so they're going to be like, talk. It's like, Hey, what are you guys saying? You talking about me? <laughs> you know? yeah. Diabolos. That's, uh, I know what that means. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's that fighting chicken. I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, the, the, well, the, I'm going to say yes and no to your question. Yes. Okay. Because you do
1: both and people. So I want to hear, I want to hear how Correct. you're normal and how you're extraordinary. And how, what that that means for being Catholics, you know?
2: Okay, so we're made to serve God. Okay, so that's what we're made for. And so doing the thing that we're supposed to do, that is what should be normal. Um, And so being an on-fire Catholic, being a saint, um, that is actually normal. Now, we have lost the true sense of normality, um, right? Like Christopher West uses this, analogy and who knows if it's maybe it's a bad analogy but uh like imagine that we're all cars and we're driving around but there's no air in our tires okay and we just everybody's tires are just empty and so we've forgotten that oh you're supposed to have air there's supposed to be air in these tires and so you you know like by living the holy life all of a sudden you can drive better um so i think it is un, it's it's not normal to be holy only when you look at what is the you know what's the average person doing in their life and I'm not saying that I am holy. Um I I'm striving very very hard to be so, but um praise God one day I will attain a virtue. Right. Yes, I do want it. So um yes and no, you can you can absolutely live your life on fire and that is a normal thing to do, except that people won't other people won't think that it is. Um, and so mm-hmm. you will encounter resistance um if you give your life over to the Lord. He told us that. And so that yeah. shouldn't be a, a surprise.
3: Yeah. And I think also just like, you know, understanding that you can take the normal things throughout the day and baptize them, so to speak, and make them Catholic. Right. And so uh you know we're driving down the we're driving in a car on the way to practice or whatever and we bypass a church. Well what do you do? You make the sign of the cross. Right in in, rever- in reverence to the Eucharist and the Church. Or a ambulance drives by. What do we do? We stop and we, or, you know, we make the sign of the cross. We pray a Hail Mary for that person uh, that the ambulance is going to pick up. You can like, ca- you know, uh, sanctify your day, you know, and 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 make it holy uh, and just be regular regular guys. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I think that we kind
2: of talked about this recently. That whenever you have order in something, I think all things are Catholic. If they are ordered, okay. So, for example, watching watching NFL football, okay, that can be a very Catholic thing to do if you're doing it in an ordered way, okay. Uh, where this is a time, you know, you're not letting football interfere with family life, you're not letting it interfere with things that are more important, right? It has it's you're doing it in a temperate and ordered way, and so as such, it becomes this uh, great form of leisure, and um, leisure is Catholic, and so any. All things are Catholic, if they have order, and so that's a lot of what we talk about in the book is about order and how to order the domestic church, um, you know, the relationships that exist and those kinds of things.
1: I'm going to follow on just quickly for a second with analogy and ask your wives if you think it's a good one or not. Um, but I like this ordering principle, and I I do it from a candy aspect from the from a cookie cutter. Um, Perfect. That, um, in a sense, in a sense, we have this idea that like you are when you bring order to something, you establish a form or a shape on it. So you're cutting different kinds of, uh, uh, different kinds of dough into the particular Catholic shape, you could say. And in some ways, you, as, you, as you guys say, so much of life is just open to being cut into this right thing. Now you might think, oh my gosh, that changes it fundamentally. But no one thinks, well, they, should, they oughtn't think, that when you, when you take a cookie cutter and you cut the dough that you've changed the dough. You've given the dough shape. You've made the dough what it ought to be, as opposed to some unformed blob. And oftentimes, I think in our in our lives, we expect, we think they're already formed, and therefore the Catholic thing is going to change them. Whereas, opposed to actually, the majority of our life is unformed or formed by the wrong kind of cutters. We've got to like put it together again and recut it with the Catholic model. But don't confuse yourself if you think that you've actually got already pre-cut, ready to go, and probably a blob. Now, there are some, of course, you can't take Jello and try to use a cookie cutter on it, that sort of thing. But I, I think there is this way of that our lives can be shaped and it doesn't change this is the extraordinary ordinary part it's extraordinary in the sense that it's reshaped these little these little actions but it's not changed. they're no longer like they're, it's not like you wouldn't recognize this as a human life and a family life and a joyous life in fact it would be exactly what it was meant to do
2: i can just tell you by the look in adam's eyes that you blew his mind <laughs> with that cookie cutter you use
3: that answer you know you asked us the question just use if you can post. just use his answer for that that would that would be great
0: yeah so before we push record on this episode we talked about how we were going to ask very specific like personal historical questions about the book and its formulation and that david and adam were going to consider just appealing to father bonaventure as to what he thought about the matter <laughs> yes, so we, we just did that doing... <laughs> in effect um I, I, too, thought it was an excellent analogy. The, the future, we're told. I, the, the only part of it that I didn't approve of was the fact that you failed to recognize the excellence of jello jigglers. which have Yes, with I'm so Carter. glad you said that. I was
2: also, like, debating within myself, do I correct the good father on <laughs> the jello jiggler <laughs> aspect of the analogy? <laughs>
1: I mean, like when the jello—I mean, the jello, none—the sense of like after it's made. But I—I I meant, I meant to say when it's in the water, that kind of watery stage where you add things to it. Like you're just kind of okay. like cooking cutter into liquids. But I get I you. I think the, you could also, also yeah, once it's jello, then yes. Yeah, you could and argue an I should have said, said a liquid substance
2: between jello and jello jigglers because they were marketed as different products. Okay. So
1: economics Shape does matters. determine the, uh, the the essence of things in our in our, in our economy.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, and it's like like Reese's peanut butter cups are good, but Reese's- I mean, I've got more questions, Father like,
1: Gregory, but I think you've got questions.
0: I've got lots of questions, but I'm right now I'm thinking about different Reese's products, and I have like basically the same ingredients, but in different proportions, and how that just changes everything, like Reese's peanut butter eggs, for whatever reason. They're just a lot mm-hmm. better than peanut butter cups, and I think it's because the chocolate layer is much thinner, but that's for another day. We'll explore mm-hmm. that on our next guest-blending guest episode with Idealism. the host of The Catholic Man Show. Um, so I have a follow-up question. And it concerns, um, okay, so you do the Catholic Man Show, your audience is principally men, um, and you're thinking about men in your kind of apostolic endeavors. In writing this book, as you address yourself to men, my suspicion is that a lot of men don't really think that they're good at doing those little things that you described. Because, and here I am, just going just gonna to use some, some gender stereotypes. I think that women are typically more attentive to the heart, they're typically more engaged relationally, and they're better at kind of noting or taking advantage of those like little opportunities. Whereas I think that men are less so, uh, to, to, to use the stereotype. Um, and I think that like, if you were ask a man, like, do you have any hobbies? He'd be like, I don't know if I have any hobbies. Um, I like watch football sometimes and I drink beer. I also smoke cigars. I read books. Whereas like If you ask some women, they're like, yes, I am taking a calligraphy class. And I learned yachting recently. And also there is this thing that I, you know, it's just like, holy smokes. Okay. So for the male listener who's thinking about sanctifying the work week, sanctifying the domestic church and being, you know, like present to his children in fun and engaging ways, a word of encouragement. Do you have to be creative or what are the ways in which you go about being on the lookout for these types of things?
2: yeah no, you don't have to be creative. I think you take as your your model the uh you know as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord okay so that's 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 the number one. you need to you know as the man as the head of the household, you need to make sure I mean that we're talking about basic minimums here that um you have a house that is Catholic, okay that means you observe all of the all of the things required of you by the church. you attend Sunday mass and all holy days. Um, You, you have a culture of sacraments. Okay. So, you know, you're bringing your family to confession on a regular basis, Um, you know, that you have a, a a life of prayer within the home. Um, I think really the most important thing for a man is to make sure that he has himself a good prayer life. If, you as the head and the father of the home do not have a prayer life, then I don't, you should not expect your children to ever have a prayer life. Um, And you shouldn't expect to be able to have any good, you know, like spiritual insight into the needs of your own household. Uh, Because if you're not cultivating your own relationship with Christ, then I don't know why anyone else in your house would. uh, Because the studies have all shown that, Your children especially are going to take their religious sentiments from your own religious uh, practices. Okay, so if they know and see that prayer is important to you as a dad, then they will also imbibe this idea that prayer is important and it's something that should be done. And so they will also take on that same idea. Um, And so that's, I think, the most important thing that what is your prayer life? Do you have a prayer life or do you just kind of pray when it, you know, like, oh, when I think about it, I pray, you know, so it's basically like when you're sick or when you're having a hard time, is that that when you pray? Uh, Because it's good to pray then. Those are good times to pray, but uh, Mm -hmm. that's not a prayer life. Um, So you need need daily, you know, this is when I pray, this is, you know, maybe even how long I pray for. Um, Those are the kinds of basic things that you need to establish, and then you can help pass those on those same principles onto your, your kids. I, I, if you want to add anything to that, Adam?
3: Well, I just think you don't have to be, like you said, you don't have to be creative, right? The beauty and the wisdom of uh, mother church, she's given us prayers, right? So we don't have to come up with our own prayers. Even if we don't know how to, uh, we, the church in her wisdom has given us the liturgy, the hours that we can pray. Um, and I all, we also encourage uh, a lot on our, on our show is that as men, uh, if you do not have a, a weekly holy hour of adoration, uh, you, you need to. You, you need to take, a, take your prayer life seriously and say like, I need to have an hour where I can be one-on-one with Jesus. Uh, and like when you walk in there, know that like you don't have to necessarily do anything, just spend, just waste time with our Lord. Just be with him and know that for like 2000 years, he's been waiting there for you, for that moment to be with you and to waste time with you.
2: Yeah, uh, really I want to echo that, that having a weekly adoration hour, I think is so important um if there are very few people who truly do not have the ability to work in throughout the week an hour of adoration okay because if you're in a city of um, medium size or greater there's there's almost assuredly a perpetual adoration uh chapel somewhere, somewhere maybe a couple of them okay so that means all the time you can sign up for any hour that you want, whether it's in the morning or in the evening or whatever works for your schedule. So Mm -hmm. it's I I find it very hard to buy into that, oh, you don't have time for an adoration hour. And if you're not willing to go to an hour a week of adoration, I think that, um, unless, of course, your spiritual director hasn't told you otherwise, I think you really need to question, you need to ask yourself whether you're serious about growing in holiness or not.
1: Well, I I think you I mean, that's, you guys, that, if, Expression, wasting time uh, with Jesus or wasting time on Jesus. I mean, this is what act of love. Love is this ecstatic kind of exuberant waste in a way, right? There's nothing particularly efficient about lovers. Uh, There's nothing particularly calculated (laughs) about lovers, in a way, there's this, uh, you know, mathematicians maybe. but there's always an exception to sort of rule. But in general, <laughs> loving has, this, that's why it's like, it's weird and uncomfortable and kind of embarrassing and no one likes when you're watching lovers or what have you. It just do not make sense to each other. You know, they have their own lot. There's a, their own kind of logic to it. And a lot of it's just wasting time. You waste time with family. Anyone who has a family knows this sort of thing. If you try to figure out exactly counting, okay, we're going to do this for this. But I mean, you want to have organization, but a lot of your time is just wasted time. You know, and what you're doing right. is you're taking valuable time, your time, and you're saying, I'm gonna give this to you and I don't care what you do with it. It because you are important. And I think it's it's so valuable in our relationship with, with Christ to not get something done, but as you say, to just give him time so that he could do something. You don't have to in adoration go and do something. You just have to go there and be with him and let him do something. And that who knows what will come from that but i love the the wasting time business i just want to uh, uh, ask a question on um being catholic men because in some ways it's really it's we've got a low bar because most people assume that religion i think this is changing a little bit since people think religion isn't for anyone today but generally for women this is like a thing that women do and men get dragged there or something um so in some ways if you're just a catholic guy and you just show up to church and and like face the right way in the mass people are like what a devout man whereas the woman has to (laughs) you know really be attentive to stuff um but the the reason for that of course is that i think there's some there's some rumor going around that being a cath being catholic isn't manly so i'm I'm sure you guys the catholic man show you've got this book about living beyond sunday um encouragement to catholic guys or guys in general um is there anything? What's what's you know what's what's manly about being a Catholic man? Taking your faith seriously. You're not just becoming women, are you?
3: No, I mean it, the the life of a Catholic man is arduous. It's it's difficult. It's a like glorious self-martyrdom of self for the love of of our Lord. And so, I mean, you guys don't live. Uh, easy cupcake lives like you know being a dominican is is arduous right it's you, you have to be studious you have to mm-hmm. uh, be devout you have to be disciplined you have to you know there's 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 uh virtues that are uh, required for your vocation and similarly for for catholic men uh who are family men right there are you have to continually every day choose you wake up to choose and love your wife you have to wake up every day and choose to do things that you don't necessarily want to do but is good for your family uh and so it's not an easy life but it's a it's a um it's one very very much worth pursuing because it gives you a Mm -hmm. a joy and a happiness that can only be filled whenever you do sacrifice yourself for others
2: yes i would like to respond Mm -hmm. to this question in two ways i answer that i answer that Uh, Firstly, similar to what Adam was saying, that yes, the religious life or the moral life or the spiritual life is going to constantly call you to do things that you don't want to do, that you will have to um, have self-mastery. Self-mastery is the worst, okay? There's nothing (laughs) worse than that. Uh, I say that in like an experiential way. There's nothing greater. I mean, that's like the greatest, all virtue essentially comes down to self-mastery, and so Yes, you, there will be times where you're called to be temperate when you don't want to be. If In fact, if you want to talk about an easy life, don't be religious and you can basically do whatever you want mm-hmm. all the time and there's no problem with any of it, right? I mean, like, so there, there's nothing, um, right? Yeah, exactly. If you want to talk about effeminacy, okay, well, the secular life is, that's, that's the life mm-hmm. for you. If you aspire to be effeminate, then go and you just, you know, do your own thing and just bre- believe all the things that the culture is going to tell you. All the isms. You, right? Okay, so that's the, that's the first thing, is that obviously, if you know anybody who's practiced religion, they will tell you, no, it, it's difficult and it takes arduous virtue. The second way I will respond to this is that justice is clearly a masculine virtue. Uh, religion mm-hmm. is a sub-virtue of justice and therefore is a masculine virtue.
0: Oh.
1: Syllogism. Nice work.
0: It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, QED, as yeah, they say in the business, good. but St. Thomas Real didn't good. say that. And insofar as you were composing for yourself a little article of St. Thomas's, I will leave it unsaid. Um, but uh, <laughs> hey, kudos for a variety of reasons. One, it's clear that you guys have a good vibe. The Catholic Man Show has formed you into a, uh, a dynamic duo. I I forgot how very delightful are the uh, like the David Niles straight man sledgehammers. It's like, you know what? You're lying to yourself. It's like, let's go. <laughs> Meanwhile, Adam, over the course of the last six years, has learned not to feel uncomfortable while David lowers the gym. He's like, Isn't that? True? I'm with him. I am don't with even, him. I am more than more with, him with each passing year.
2: If you want to send me into a rage, just say like. Give me the brute fact like arguments about against the five ways. You know, like maybe it's just a brute fact that that things did come to existence. It's like, it's like maybe it's a brute fact that I'm about to assault you. you know? <laughs> I <laughs> love that's it. Just, you bring that's like a kind fact.
0: of yeah. You, you you bring like a <laughs> like a kind of retired Baltimore City police officer feel to the show, which is which is awesome. The it's first, like maybe, a, possibly Hey, what first, are you doing over there? An like, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, no, but sincerely, honestly, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I read your book. I enjoyed your book. Um, and yeah, I was very delighted just to, to have the opportunity to read through it closely and to draw from it little nuggets, little insights, because I think sometimes, you know, like regardless of kind of where you find yourself in your spiritual life, it's good to have a fresh perspective and a fresh perspective, which is Eucharistic, um, that's ecclesial, uh, and that's so fired with with love of our Lord Jesus. So thanks for writing it. Um, for those who are looking to purchase the book, where should they turn?
3: They can go to ascensionpress.com and thank you so much for for writing a a blurb for the book. We really appreciate you, yeah. your, your endorsement. Thank you. My my
0: joy. All right. Um, so You're please do check out the Catholic Man Show, uh, and other good works of uh, the Saint Michaels radio station based out of Omaha, Nebraska, which has become—excuse me—I just said Omaha, Nebraska. What I meant to say was Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's embarrassing. Which is a hub of Catholic life and Catholic masculinity, because isn't like the Catholic gentleman? Isn't Sam Guzman just like right around the corner? From yeah,
2: me? yeah, a mile away. He's in our incredible. weekly Friday breakfast group. Oh, yeah,
0: it's <laughs> incredible. All right, so yeah, come to Tulsa, coming. join for the weekly Friday breakfast group, and be sure to pick up a copy <laughs> of *Willing Beyond You're Sunday. welcome to come. <laughs> All right. uh, Turning you to you, the listener. Thanks as always for listening for list. I'm turning things into not things. Thanks as always for listening to God's planning. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like the episode, subscribe on YouTube or on your podcast app and leave a five-star review in the goodness of your heart. Uh, If you'd like to donate to the podcast through Patreon, please follow the link in the description or in the show notes. And there you will also find links to shop merchandise and Come a couple months from now, you'll also find links for upcoming God's Planning events. So we've got them queued up for summer and early fall, and we'll have those details to you shortly. So know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us, and we'll look forward to chatting with you next time on God's Planning.